Hey guys, it's your host Julian. Happy New Year. We're rounding out the last chat on Mutant Mayhem for now with lead animator Neve Lucius. I want to give a special shout out to our Patreon members, Jacob, Brent, and Patrick. Thank you so much for joining us on Patreon. If you want to become a patron and help support this show, check the show notes below and sign up today. Larry and I are working on some really, really cool stuff for the show, so stay tuned. Now, let's get to my chat with Neve. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What's My Head Podcast. I'm your host, Julian. Today, I'm joined by Neve. Neve, welcome to the show, man. Hi, thank you so much, Julian. It's awesome to be here. Big fan of the show. Just started watching it and oh. uh, got some really amazing guests. Really, really honored to be one of them, for sure. Um, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, so thank you so much, as I said. Oh, man, I, I really appreciate it because you guys worked on one of my favorite movies. There were so many great movies that came out this year. And I feel like I would yeah. cheat myself and cheat the audience if I just had to pick one. Plus, I couldn't pick one. There were so many fun movies yeah. this year. But this is the movie that I can say made me feel like a kid for the first time. I'm horrible at math. So we're going to go 27 years, I think, is when I'd be seven. Um, yes. So 27 years ago, I felt like a kid, man. You took me back to... Uh, feeling like I was at Christmas time in PJs, man, holding those Ninja Turtle toys that I asked for for all year, man. Um, just sitting in the movie theater and getting to not only watch it with my kids, but just get, like I said, transported back in time and felt like, man, it, it's so special. If you're a Turtle fan now, you get this movie to break into the industry for. Oh, um, for sure. So we're going to cut straight to the chase, man. How do you get on this movie? Uh, yeah, ironically, it was not planned, kind of as I was mentioning to you. I was uh, wrapping up my uh, my time at Real Effects, working on The Monkey King, um, and I was looking for work, and some things fell through, um, and I applied on, you know, just like LinkedIn post. Uh, they were looking for uh, lead animators, um, and I had um, two, two friends, acquaintances that I knew at the company, and so I just kind of asked them, like, hey, like, you know, I just wanted to ask you, like, I applied, like, could you let me know a little bit about it? And um, obviously, like, if you can help just make sure that my reel gets seen, because often that's mm -hmm. part of the tricky part is just to make sure someone sees it. Um, and yeah, I had, had an interview the, the week or second week after, and uh, it was really, really awesome interview. We actually couldn't stop talking. Like, uh, the recruiter was like, all right, guys, let's wrap it up. Um, and he's <laughs> uh, still my supervisor today. Name's Eric Chung, just like awesome, awesome guy. Um, and yeah, that was it. I was thrown in. I was so excited to work on it that I think I logged into my work computer on the weekend before. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> and um, because I didn't know anything about it, right? And I just like took a peek and and yeah, and that was it. That's how I, I got to working on it. I just applied online just like anyone else. And that was it. Man, LinkedIn worked for you, dude. I I, I tried <laughs> so hard when I got out of the Navy yeah, to use yeah. LinkedIn because everybody was like, this is where you get hired on podcast ads. You always hear LinkedIn. I'm like, <laughs> all right, man, I go and try it. And I and I, I kept getting those notifications saying eight people have noticed your profile, 20 people. Oh, yeah. Well, fuck, man, notice anything, me more. Yeah. Notice me more. <laughs> I yeah, need yeah. a job. No, it uh, was like, but... I think I saw the company like Cinesite posted about it. And then one of uh, the people that I worked with in the past, like five years ago, almost at a different company, she's a production coordinator. So I saw the post and then I, I said to her, Hey, like, I, I would love to apply. Just um, if you're willing, I'd be really thankful if you're willing to like put my, my application forward just to say like, Hey, just check out this guy. I worked with him. He's all right. You know? Um, and that was it. I don't, I don't know. Like it was just a very normal kind of like applying thing. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, I've been, I've been trying to do that more to like message people and ask them if they're willing to, you know, people I've worked with or people I know, but it's uncomfortable. Sometimes I don't like to do it. Like it's a new thing that I'm trying to, trying to do, but um, yeah, it's just like a application online. When you submit that resume, man, I know we mm -hmm. talked a little bit before, but how, when do you find out that uh, it's the turtle movie or do you already know beforehand when you submit your resume? So this one I did know just because like the post had like the logo and they were like, we're mm -hmm. hiring for turtles, but that's not been my experience uh, in the past. I've usually like applied to a studio and I didn't really know like what, what they were necessarily working on or even sometimes studios will work on multiple projects. So you don't necessarily know where they're going to put you on until, you know, whatever. Uh, so like at real effects, I was interviewing with the supervisor for the Scoob 2 movie. And that's mm -hmm. what I thought I was going to be on. And then they were like, oh, no, you're on Monkey King. And I was like, OK, cool. Like, I, I just didn't know. Um, but yeah, this one just had like the turtles all about it. So uh, a lot of the questions uh, in the interview and like the conversations were related to some of the stuff on the project and and so on. But yeah. Now, when you you would think that that whenever you're going to, you know, submit a resume for a job, they would at least tell you what you're going to be doing. That way you could at least familiar, familiarize yourself just a touch with the source. Material. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that I think it would weed out a lot of people, two or four. But even then, mm. I think there's something special about you not knowing what you're going to work on. And then <laughs> you get to work on on a really cool movie with some really cool people. And you're like, oh, shit, I. It's like trying yeah. a new movie at Blockbuster back in the day. You're like, I don't really know if I'd like this movie. Yeah, the cover yeah. looks cool. I'm going to check it out yeah. and see what happens. And then you're like, oh, my God, I love this. I love rom-coms or dramedies now, man. I didn't even <laughs> yeah, think. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people before. a lot of people will, like, message people that they know, like, especially in the Vancouver animation industry. It's quite tightly knit, you know, so you end up working in a place and you just know everyone already. I was a bit... I. I just hadn't always been comfortable like messaging people and stuff. And I'm not, I haven't been in the Vancouver industry for that long. So I just didn't do it. But most people, they're kind of like, like even when I was uh, going from real effects to Cinecide, like some people told me about Cinecide and the movie and whatever, like, you know, people talk or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I like to experience things myself anyway. And I, I don't assume that I will know what it's like just based on the name and uh especially because you know ndas like you don't see artwork in the interview usually again from my experience uh so they'll tell you a little bit about it and and that's about it so i'm like okay cool it's i get to animate and hopefully work with a bunch of really cool people sign me up right like <laughs> i don't oh, know what dude. it'll be like until it starts well one of the reels you got to work on a really cool person and you know one of my favorite I was hook, line, and sinker because it was Turtles as soon as I saw the trailer, right? When I saw the logo, because the logo is the first thing that leaked way back in the day. So I was like, oh, man, this is pretty cool. This is going to yeah. be, I wonder what they're going to go. Are they going to go something yeah, a yeah. little bit more retro? Are they going to go something that's a little bit more like Rise? Is there going to be an amalgamation of the 2012 Rise and something else? What are they going mm. here for? I love the logo because it sparked my curiosity. I'm like, oh, that looks yeah, cool. Yeah. That looks interesting. I've never seen that before, right? Yeah. And then the trailer drops. I, I don't know, and I've said this so many mm -hmm. times, so I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know that if I go and watch the same YouTube video over and over and over, I don't know if that counts as one view for the overall video or <laughs> if that adds up. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, I watched that thing 30 or 40 fucking times, man. I was just, I was like, oh my God, I was yeah. pointing things out. You know, I love the style. It was so cool. The colors, like it just popped off. Like mm -hmm. I said, I've never seen something like that before. And I knew I was going to love it because of the turtles. However, as soon as I heard his voice, and the guy I'm talking about is Splinter, Jackie Chan, my favorite oh, yeah. action star of 
all time. I was like, I got goosebumps my... when you said that. I know it sounds super dude. cheesy. But... <laughs> no, not at all, dude. Like Jackie Chan was the first action. Like I get clowned for not liking Jackie Chan because if you don't like Jackie Chan, there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with Jackie. Perfect human being. Um, I get clowned on for the two action stars I always bring up because it's Jackie Chan, my favorite of all time. He's the first action yeah. movie I remember seeing. And Steven Seagal. That's the guy I get made fun of for oh, so much. Fair I enough. but I had a I had a stepfather that was a cop and he wanted to be Steven Seagal. He wanted to there be that go. old school Western guy. That's what <laughs> he was always into. So yeah, he, yeah. I remember how old are you if you don't mind me asking? I'm 31. Okay, so 31? we're yeah. we're roughly around the same age. So you remember yeah, yeah. VHS. You remember VHS. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he I remember this ugly hat like this guy was a like horribly kept house. It smelled so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, I remember like he had these cat or not cabinets, but he had a hallway and it was these closets. And I remember he ripped out like what would usually be a closet shelf in there. And then he put just boards in there for shelving. And it was just nothing but VHSs. It was like mm. 12, 13 feet of VHSs. There was 12 or 13 rows <laughs> and it was stacked almost to the seat. Like the guy had an amazing VHS yeah. collection. A lot of old spaghetti westerns, a lot of the old action Mm. 80s, 70s, and 90s uh, action stars. And I just remember seeing Jackie Chan movies. And uh, Rumble in the Bronx was the first one I saw. And Mm. I'm like, oh, my God. this! And then you find out he does his own stunts because they have the end of of the credit reel. You see him shatter his ankle jumping on that hoverboard. I'm like, oh, my God. This guy is a superhuman. You get to put him as Splinter. Yeah. I read his biography if I I can add that to to the fan of Jackie Did you? Chan. I don't know why. I really like him, of course, but uh, I'm really into biographies. And I was just like, uh-huh. I finished reading like a biography about a chef, David Chan. Uh, oh, dude, he's like, oh, so cool. Another. Yeah. And then I won another biography and I read it. And it was really interesting. Um, but yeah, definitely grew up on uh, not Rumble in the Bronx. I saw that like way later, um, but like Rush Hour um, and Rush uh, Hour. what else was it? Yeah. But Jackie Chan, Jet Li, we were both huge fans in our house growing up. I don't know if it's because I lived in Hong Kong. I don't think it was related. My dad just loves movies and, you know, definitely introduced me to a lot of that. Um, So, yeah, to me, it's probably like Jackie Chan and Keanu Reeves. And I got to work on Keanu Reeves on Super Pets. So that was cool. Um, But uh, but yeah, that was pretty epic to to get to work on on a scene with him. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Right. Yeah. Apparently, I used to dress up as Batman as a kid. I only learned that about myself as an adult. So. Yeah, big Keanu Reeves fan. I think at a certain age, I wanted to change my name to Keanu. I don't know why. Yeah, I really like the name. Um, I think it means the wind that blows the water off of a wave. Uh Because he, uh, I think it has a Hawaiian, Hawaiian upbringing as well. And also, didn't he grow up in, was it Egypt or Lebanon? Sorry, Lebanon, I think. Yeah, he has a very, like Canadian as well. Like, I don't know. Very interesting guy. Um, Yeah, so I've always been a fan of Keanu Reeves um and jackie chan for sure yeah oh dude two great guys to be on man like i said you guys turned him into splinter or he was splinter um you know what what do you remember like obviously what was your first day like and how soon into your tenure we're working on turtles you knew that you were going to start working on splinter and a couple other cool scenes very very late (laughs) actually So uh, at Cinesite, like I was told, like, oh, as a lead, like you're not really expected to animate. Um, but from my experience from leading and souping before, like I've always animated and it was it's something that's really important to me. I think I heard an interview with um, Simon Otto, the head of animation on How to Train Your Dragon 1, 
two, both, I don't know. Um, and he said like that he never wants to become a talking head, you know, like mm -hmm. as a super, as a lead, because you really want to know what it is that your team is going through, you know, like how are the rigs, how are the characters, you know, what's, you know, what bugs are you handling, like all that kind of stuff. So I told my soup, like, I want to animate, like, even if it's like really small, like a few shots here and there, obviously I'll prioritize, like my team will get the shots they want. Like, I'm always like, what do you guys want to work on? Like if I am in charge of testing, not that I always am. And so um, in the beginning, I actually animated a scene with, uh, with April as a test, uh, just like, you know, as kind of like my first week or two of training. Um, and, uh, I used a shot from production as kind of like the test and, uh, my soup really, really liked it. So he was like, I think it's worth like using. So we did that. Um, but I was only assigned to basically like lead this sequence. That was kind of how I started. It was the sequence where, um, the turtles come to, um, with April in the sewer, and then they go to talk to Splinter by themselves. Um, with the like guys I brought pizza that kind of thing yeah um and so I split that sequence with another lead and I I did like the second half and uh I animated like one of the reaction shots of Splinter just like a really small one and then yeah and then we moved on and I led on other stuff and and, and so on and so forth and then the sequence where Splinter is fighting all those guards was already in production when I joined um so I was helping one of my animators on my team on I think it's like the two shots after mine, the crazy nunchuck one, which was really, mm -hmm. really fun. I was helping him out with that, looking at a lot of <laughs> nunchuck reference. Um, and then basically the shot that you saw was um, kind of changed late in the game. And they basically needed someone to animate it. And as you can tell, especially because you talk to a lot of artists, it's a pretty big endeavor of a shot. And someone yeah. jokingly said like, oh, Neve should do it. And at that point I was like, well, I hadn't really animated anything this complicated at Cinecite. So I was kind of afraid. I was like, well, am I going to be good at it? Like, I don't know. Like, do they think I can do it? Like, I wasn't too keen on like pushing myself because I felt like at that point I hadn't really proven myself among the, that team. And uh, yeah, my supervisor just like kind of asked me, like, do you want to do it? And I was like, I would love to do it. Like, it's an amazing shot, right? Like, so cool. Um, and so he's like, okay. So it was pretty late in the game. And uh, there were boards done by, I think it was Kyler Spears. He was the co-director, amazing mm -hmm. boards. And uh, yeah, that, so it was pretty late. Like, I think it was like a couple months into the production. <laughs> so I did not know. Um, and uh, yeah, I was very, very excited and, and you know, honored that they allowed me to do it. And uh, yeah. Well, you said you were looking at a bunch of, uh, you know, either you said you were, looking at a bunch of nunchuck stuff or whenever you guys are pulling a reference. So you obviously have a scene. So if you can walk us through how uh, a scene is pitched, not when you take it and you go and you animate or you, you, you put the, mm -hmm. the, the action to the script, if you will. Um, obviously they're going to bring you a script. They're, they're going to say, this is what happens at that point. Mm -hmm. Do you have any kind of like, Hey, would it be cool if I try something in between these little segues mm -hmm. to get to where you want, or do they have a pretty tight script and they're like, this is what we want. All right. As we take a pause for the cause, if you haven't yet, you should check us out on all social media platforms by searching at in my head pod there. You can see who we've got coming on. And if you feel so inclined to, you could submit a question to be asked. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, usually it's pretty tight. Like there's two other stages after script that come usually before I even join the production. Uh, mm -hmm. They're considered more of like a pre-production. So usually 
I believe from my experience after storyboarding, uh, after a script will come storyboards. So storyboard artists are usually the ones who first turn text to images. Um, and depending on, you know, what the director or whoever decides wants, they could be varying from like stick figures to like extremely intricate, you know, uh, detailed, like full facial expression boards. Yeah. Like it really depends. Um, and then after that, they usually do layout or previs or both. Uh, I I only come from like TV and feature and short film, so I don't know exactly. Maybe in, in other parts of animation, like the terms are a bit different. But uh, from my experience, like layout or previs is usually, you know, the basic um, movements of the characters in frame with the full on cameras. The cameras hopefully should be pretty close to final. Um, and then that's when the animation comes in. And um, especially from my experience with like fighting, sequences uh sometimes it gets so detailed that they'll bring like a martial arts choreographer um and he'll do certain section they do the same for like dancing and stuff like that just because it's so complicated right so you really mm -hmm. want to decide what's happening um so you know and then at that point depending on a how detailed those things are and b how um how free the directors or whoever's making the decision wants you to be with things um you get to decide, you get to like maybe pitch things as you call it. Uh, I think it's inevitable you end up having to pitch things because sometimes when people are storyboarding, the character design isn't final, right? Uh, or like layout changes something, a shot gets cut, right? So you end up having to kind of pitch things just in order to get the shot done, right? And in, in, in the right frame rate range and like, you know, the length and all that stuff. Um, but uh, with this shot specifically, we didn't have layout anymore we just had boards so i was going off of drawings basically and so yeah so usually at that point what i'll do is is i will look for reference online uh unless i have a choreography very strict choreography of course and even then sometimes i'll look for reference um and uh i've actually uh um, been taught this sort of like frankensteining method uh mm -hmm. by one of my teachers back at animation mentor his name's drew adams he's a dreamworks animator and basically you take certain references and use different parts of them together and you kind of cut them together, even to the point where you could like, I'm using the arm from this reference and I'm using the whole rest of the body from this yeah. one, or sometimes a bit more simply, you know, like I'm using this backflip and then this kick and then this whatever. Um, and on Monkey King, I did that a ton uh, just because, you know, it's hard to find the reference that does all the moves that you're doing, right? Yeah. So um uh yeah so that's usually kind of my my step and i'll stitch it together and speed things up slow things down uh to get it to fit in the shot length and i will sometimes even pitch that so on this movie on turtles that's basically what i did i basically stitched a bunch of and tons of jackie chan references together and uh some other stuff from other films and i just showed it to jeff and kyler and I was like, do you like it? And Jeff was like, yes, I love it. Go. <laughs> and it was, it's hard. It's like eight different videos stitched together. It's like 11 and a half seconds. Some of them are super fast. I think I found this one video that was like the stunt team working on The Raid. Do you know the film The Raid? Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I was pretty lucky because when I finished school animation mentor, the last shot I did was a fighting shot. And I had a mentor, um, Sean Sexton, who also knew martial arts. And so I basically watched all the films that you could watch off fighting and just mm -hmm. created this crazy checklist of like, you know, movies and scenes and all this kind of stuff. So 
I just kind of revisited that and did that again as much as I could. Um, and uh, yeah, just found like as much Jackie Chan reference as I could. Obviously, I really wanted to pay homage to that as possible. But also, as you know, his films have very long cuts mm -hmm. and like really wide shots. So you can get a lot of uh, useful physicality reference from it and so on and so forth. So, so yeah, so that's usually like that. And that, and that's kind of where you pitch the stuff. You're like, Hey, like, I think it'll be easier and flow better if we backflip here instead of front flip or whatever. Right. Um, for me, like the, the boards and the layout and all that stuff, like you're trying to take the essence and make it better. Right. Like that's every stage in animation. Like you want to try to make the work better and better while obviously maintaining the director's vision. So so yeah, that's usually kind of my process on a on a shot like that. But this one was probably the most challenging because I basically felt like I had to choreograph a fight, which I hadn't done to this extent, I guess, before. Um, so yeah, that's still pretty cool, man. Uh, <laughs> with 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 this one, um, obviously you're pretty. I'm pretty sure you're you're pretty stressed. You want to make sure you crush it. Um, you, know, you said <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you you said you hadn't. You know, plus it's Jackie Chan and, and you said he him and oh, Keanu sure. is one of your guys. And then you've got the other weighted pressure of like, dude, I haven't you said it yourself. I haven't animated to this level this long, this intricate yet, you know, so mm -hmm. all of those things I got to imagine are weighing pretty heavy on you. Was there when you're looking through, do you remember how how long you had on this before I ask you this next question? This the scene, did they give you a um, timetable? It was tough. I admit I did a decent amount of overtime on this. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, the company was super great and supportive. And they actually told me that I'm not allowed to work on it on the weekend anymore. Um, <laughs> because I, I got to the point where I was about to like, uh, work like illegally, right? Because you have to yeah. work a certain amount of hours and then have a break and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I was pretty, you know, I put a lot of stress on myself. And it was definitely just me. Um, but um yeah, how long was it? I feel like it was like a month, you know, four, four, four weeks, more or less. Um, but I, I'm not sure, like, I could be a little bit wrong. But um, that's kind of how I remember maybe four or five weeks. And that's, again, including like polish, like internal polish, it, you know, you get it approved by the director, and then you still have a lot of work to do, like internally. Um, but yeah, something like that, I think. All right. With that being said, was there when you're going and you said you built this this massive catalog of mm. uh, just there's scenes, movies, clips and all this other stuff, choreography um, for martial arts. Was there one particular thing that you, that you saw in a Jackie Chan movie or anything that you was like, I have to have this particular stance, flip, kick, whatever it was, uh, you know, oh. interchange with one of the guards? Was there something that you saw in a movie that you wanted to get in there that inspired you so much? Um, trying to think, I think I just like, I don't know if like, I just didn't do as much searching last time I did like a fighting shot, but I, I found some like older, like Jackie Chan films or even films like where he wasn't necessarily the main character or something mm -hmm. that were really, really inspiring. But actually, I think the, the thing that was the most interesting was from, I think it was Rumble in the Bronx, if I remember correctly, I, I have it written down somewhere. Um, you know how, like if you remember from the splinter shot when he ends he's kind of like heaving like there's like mm -hmm. that joke of like he's like breathing heavily because he's super tired um yeah. and i saw that in the rumble in the bronx as well like in the scene and the breathing was like the same right because obviously the breathing was done by jackie chan so i was like i have to use this reference for this breathing even though it wasn't the fight or whatever right um so that was definitely part of it but um 
No, I mean, the, the biggest thing with the shot that Jeff and Kyler said was they want it to feel like things are happening all the time and overlapping. Mm-hmm. They don't want it to feel like, you know, he hits someone and then he's just kind of waiting, right? And so uh, Rumble in the Bronx was a really, really big one. Uh, the scene where he's uh, fighting them in the playground was a big one that I looked at a lot. Um, him versus the monks in Armor of God. Like just anything that had like multiple characters. Uh, also because Kyler and Jeff wanted a part in the shot where one of the guards hits the other one. And I yeah. was like, wow, like how on earth am I going to choreograph that? So I didn't actually find something like that that happened that was good for me to use as reference. I kind of had to like make it up. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like a lot of it was also just like the, you know, Jackie Chan, he's not, from my experience viewing his stuff, he's not like a, I'll hit you once and neutralize you, right? Like he does a lot of hits. He does a lot mm-hmm. of dodges. Whereas Splinter, because of his proportions, it's very, it's hard for him to even just punch a guard, right? Yeah. So I felt like I had to like tune it to fit Splinter's proportions, where Splinter is much more of a fighter, at least in this Turtles, where he's like a one punch done, right? Like he Mm -hmm. neutralizes you within one hit, pretty much. Um, So, you know, it was definitely challenging. How do you get Splinter to dodge and hit when he's like half the size (laughs) of, uh, of the guards and whatever? So... Yeah, I don't know. I think I was just trying to stay more true to like Splinter's designs and the limitations rather than a specific reference. But for sure, like the anything where Jackie Chan's fighting a bunch of people, yeah, was probably a the useful. Oh, police story. That's the the shopping mall fight sequence. That was the one I think. That's a great one too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Drunken crazy. Master. Drunken Master is another fantastic one. Uh, what I loved about it because if you ever watch. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Jackie Chan Appreciation Post podcast. Um, <laughs> if you ever go and you watch Jackie Chan movies, it's it's fun right out of the gate, but it's like the the enthusiasm, the energy. But he also uses the world that's around him. I oh, mean, yeah. I I love seeing you know in Rush Hour where he's jumping up or jumping side to side up a wall and going over it or he's going through the little bank teller thing in rush hour and he gets caught you know it's just all these little things that he does and he interacts with the world it's just like it's wild like you're supposed to be fighting just this one dude with kicks and punches but you're hitting him (laughs) with chairs and you're beating him with things that he didn't know you were going to hit him with you know so it's just i love interaction with with the world and that's what it felt like when splinter was fighting he he was using the world around him as his weapon in a sense um the only criticism i have and this is not even a criticism (laughs) i just thought it would have been a really cool touch knowing that it was jackie chan voicing jackie chan inspired uh, a lot of this action was just a little bit of the kung fu dust that would come off every time they hit you know what i'm talking about just a little bit of white powder man interesting yeah yeah well animators don't have the call on it unfortunately yeah uh, yeah i don't know who would make that call Seth, in part two, let's or... get us a little yeah, kung fu dust. Okay, I'll pitch it to them. Yeah, if I get thanks, to work man. On it. <laughs> uh, man, I hope I hope you do. I, I want to see the entire team come back because, like I said, I, I know you said that. Uh, well, hold on, let me ask you this question. Mm. Uh, before you know, tur- you start working on turtles. What was your what was your? I, I don't want to say frequency, but what were you at with the turtles? Were you in and out? Never really read it. Never really watched it. What was your relationship with, like with the turtles before the movie? Um, I definitely watched some films and TV shows like growing 
up, but not to the point that I like remember it. My dad was like telling me, oh, like you used to really like the turtles growing up and blah, blah. And I, I just don't, I don't know. My memory of my childhood is not yeah. great. I learn about my childhood through my parents. And then I'm like, is it the truth? I don't know. <laughs> um, but when I moved to Canada, uh, when I applied for the job at Bardell, that's where I first worked. Um, one of the projects they were talking about was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles TV show, like the 3D one. And I was oh, so excited so about one. it, right? I was just like, oh my God, I would love to work on it. Um, but unfortunately, like when I joined, they had just like wrapped like the final season. Um, mm -hmm. So I was really, really bummed about it. So that was kind of my relationship for it of like, okay, I guess I'll, I'll never get the chance to work on it. Yeah. Uh, Cause then they went and did like more live action stuff. So I was like, okay, I don't, I don't see them doing like an animated one currently anyway. Um, but yeah, I just like, kind of like you, like saw the logo. I mean, when the trailer came out, I was already on the production, but the logo was definitely like intriguing, but I didn't know anything about it. Um, so yeah, my relationship was like, kind of like, I love the characters. They're so cool. But I think I was just more into like shows with like martial arts, kind of like the same yeah. with like Jackie Chan. I was just like, I want to see animated characters doing martial arts. Like I just find that really exciting. Um, but I was surprised like how much character and personality they injected into these characters. And I, I think a big part of it, at least from my point of view, was like the voice actors. Like I think the voice actors and the writing, of course, but um, from what I've heard, like there was a lot of like improvising and like energy with the, with the four kids. Apparently they were recording a lot together, like physically mm -hmm. together. Um, so, you know, like I, I remember like when the show ended, I just kind of like missed them. <laughs> like it was yeah. such a weird feeling, you know? Um, but to me, those turtles are different. Like I didn't think that the turtles I was going to work on back in like 2016 were those turtles. You know what I mean? Um, the Absolutely. fact that they were like really teenagers kind of, you know, felt, um, felt different. So yeah, I don't know. I guess I became a fan when I started. Like I was like on my first day, I remember telling my partner, like going through stuff, looking at the artwork, looking at, some of the stuff that was animated, I was like, I think aesthetically speaking, this is my favorite look I've ever worked on. That's just yeah. how I felt. Like I was just like so blown away. I didn't know the full story yet. Like even when you work on stuff, sometimes you go to the theater and you're like, oh, it's different because they edit it differently or I didn't get to see all the sequences or whatever. So I was like in the theater, I was like, wow, that was really good. I really enjoyed it. You know, like I'm still viewing it as a, a person, you know, who who didn't work on it as well in a way um so yeah i'm definitely a fan now and i would I'd love to work on the second one but uh we'll see hey guys it's your resident cartoon junkie brandon jones here asking you to have a listen to my animation destination podcast it's an animation celebration podcast and it's full of all sorts of stuff about anime and cartoons and voice acting and all that sort of thing and just a really all-around celebration of anything animated. So come on by and check it out. We've got fan episodes of your favorite animes to your most obscure cartoons on Netflix that no one's ever heard of, and just really love talking about it. You can subscribe to us on Spotify and iTunes and anywhere else you can get your podcasts from. So stop on by, subscribe, and stay tuned for the Animation Destination Podcast. Um, and, it, and I told you before we hit record, it felt like every single person that worked on this from... The writers to the animators, the board artists mm. to, you know, probably even the dudes and the females that were taking the, the guys and gals that were taking out the fucking trash there at the studios at Migros, man. It seemed like <laughs> everybody was a turtle fan because 
Oh, you know, yeah. sometimes it's looked at negatively, but whenever mm. you hear the term fan service, it's 50-50. It's either you love it or oh. you hate it. Some people are right down the middle, you know, or nobody's really right down the middle. You know, it's polar opposites each time. But I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with fan service. I absolutely love it. Like, what's wrong with a franchise mm. giving you something to enjoy? You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, dude, yeah. that was such a cool little moment right there. That was like a yeah, yeah. chef's kiss, you know? I, I like that type of shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think regardless from my point of view with like the people I've worked with and this is any department even when you join a project and you're like let's say you're like oh I've never seen the turtles I'm not a fan right you still know what it's like to really like Mm -hmm. something and when you know that something is important to someone you want to you know respect it right so I think a lot of people you know especially in animation industry it's such an international industry we have people from all over the world working on it who just might have not grown up on it because they grew up on a different show, right? Yeah. Um, but they know, oh, like this is really important to people in the world. Like this is important to kids and adults and teenagers. Like I want to do a good job, right? So I think there's always that that sense, you know, like and with each project, I think it's really nice to to find that, you know, like something I learned a long time ago is like, there's always something to really enjoy about a project, right? Like even if you don't yes. necessarily... Maybe you don't connect with the characters. Maybe you like didn't grow up on it. Like you said, like there's always something like with Monkey King, like I felt like a big thing was we were trying to pay respect to the Chinese like tale, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, with Turtles, I was just like, I want to do a good job in general, but obviously yeah. like this is so important to so many people. Um, and I think a lot of the people who similar to me were like, oh, I've always kind of liked it, but I don't know anymore. I think they fell in love with these characters. Like I genuinely like, I remember even seeing like the tests that people did before they started on production shots. And I can see people already invoking personality into these characters that they've literally just met. Like it was weird, you know, like in a really cool way. So um, yeah, it was really, really exciting to see. And um, I think the, the writing and the voice acting really, really helped with that, obviously. Well, I think there's something to say, because I'm pretty sure whenever you guys start doing any kind of pencil test, you know, you know, you're working on the turtles at this point. So you can probably do even if you only have just the surface level of knowledge for the turtles. I mean, we have Google mm-hmm. these days. You could literally find out oh, anything yeah. about anything in 30 seconds. Right. You know, yeah, so for sure. everybody can can kind of just looking at these guys. They're obviously different. All right. They're in the human world. So they're already that uh, man at a space or what is it? Man, not a man at a time in a sense, but it's just mm-hmm. they're that oddball, you know, so everybody can yeah, yeah. really relate to being and then you hear their teenagers like, oh, I remember what I was like. It was a teenager. I was probably a fucking mutant, too, man. I know I was, I was a weird <laughs> guy. You know, everybody can yeah. can at, at least one time in their life say, oh, that was a very weird exchange. And you can kind of influence the art or the mm-hmm. art influences you in a way where you can interpret, you know, what it's like to be awkward, a teenager, uh, just wanting oh, to fit sure. in, just wanting to be one of the other guys or gals, you know? Yeah, yeah. I remember also when I joined, like, I was obviously as a lead, like, trying to do drawings uh, to guide people to, like, stay on model and, like, respect kind of the turtles kind of style. I mean, obviously, this was a different style, but still. So I just downloaded like hundreds of images of turtles. And a lot of them were like from all these comics or even like people did like galleries like yeah. in in uh, like to res- like in like for a turtle, like a gallery for like Teenage Ninja Turtles artwork. Just so much beautiful stuff. I was just like, I'm just enjoying being a part of this world, just like from the art of it, you know, so it's hard not to get excited about it, right? Like you're just like fully immersed into it. Um, And yeah, and I think Jeff and Kyler, at least from my experience with them, were always like super wanting people to pitch their 
you know, their weird gestures and their yeah. weird quirks for the shots. Um, and it just, like, gave so much character to these turtles. Like, I just, yeah, it was really, really fun to see. Oh, I can imagine. Um, with, uh, with, with you working on this movie, and you said something that I, I thought was pretty cool because you said you 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 saw the movie in the theaters and then you would see it in different stages throughout production. So you're like, oh, shit, I, yeah. I'm seeing this as if I didn't work on this movie, yeah, which I yeah. find is so interesting because I, if I if my name was in the credit, I'd tell everybody I, I worked on a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> random guy. I worked on Ninja yeah. Turtles. I, I, <laughs> I did that. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. you know, the fact that you guys can go out and you see something because because what I do for a living, I can instantly know whether they love it or hate it. For the mm. most part, I feed somebody something. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I fucked that one up on that one. But you guys have it might mm. be a blessing. It might be a curse. <laughs> you, know, you work on these movies two, three years and, you know, you don't yeah. really know what people are going to think. You hope they love it. You know, yeah. but you've got this in the back of your mind. that This is coming out at a specific date. I really, really hope we do something good where people can connect with this one. Um, when you yeah. went out and seen this out in the wild with a regular crowd of people, you know, none of your friends yeah. that worked on the movie. What was yeah. that feeling like? Did it feel real? Did it feel surreal? You know, what, what was going through your head? Uh, I think definitely I was excited to see a lot of it. So just to like clarify, I worked on it through Cinecite and Mikros mm -hmm. was working on other parts of the movie. So that's also one of the reasons why I didn't see a lot of it. But even when you're working on a film, especially if you're working on a large, a large film like this, like any of the films, like it's hard to keep up with everything. Right. Yeah. And then, like I said, like the editing changed, but, um, I went with my partner and two of my friends and we all wore green. I was really excited. <laughs> I felt really like proud to be like a part of it. And a big one was also with the people that I worked with. Like some of them, I'm really lucky. Like I'm still working with them. And a big one was like my supervisor, like the guy who hired me. Like I just never, I just like had such a good, uh, amazing experience with him at work. So I just think I, I was like really excited to be a part of it also from that point of view. And I felt like I got to influence a lot of things in terms of process that I never had before. So, and, uh, and yeah, and it was kind of my first like big film lead credit. So I was mm -hmm. like excited from that point of view as well, where as a lead, you get to, you know, help a lot more people bring the creative vision together, right? Like you're a little less just focused on your shots. You're a bit more looking at like whole sequences and stuff, mm -hmm. which is really, really fun. So yeah, I was excited. I was nervous. My my partner is like a big, you know, film critic. So <laughs> I'm always like, will she like it or whatever? Uh, and my friends as well. I was like, yeah, I was like nervous a little bit. But but uh, genuinely, I was like, well, I know what I worked on and I liked it, right? So I was like, I'm going to enjoy that anyway. Um, and I think I was most excited to see the artwork itself. You know what I mean? Like as an animator, like when I'm working on stuff, I don't have all the final textures and the effects and all that stuff. And it's beautiful, don't get me wrong. Everyone looks great still sometimes, but seeing it all together with the sound and all that stuff, it's just like mm -hmm. so much more impactful. And with Turtles, like I used to I used to want to do like backgrounds and visual development before I did animation. So with Turtles, I was just like constantly looking at the at the yes. lamppost and at the mailbox and at the wall texture and at this like piece of paper on the ground. Like the amount of work that the that the viz dev artists, the production artists, like the back, like everyone did. Like I went and followed everyone on Instagram, you know, Yashar, <laughs> have you spoken to Yashar yet? I have not. No. Um, yeah. Incredible. I think he was the production designer. Uh, the lighting was so different than anything I'd ever seen before, you know, like so crazy. 
so yeah, I was just like excited to see the final product with everything. So yeah, that was probably the biggest one. I was like, it was like brain sensory overload, you know? Um, so yeah. <laughs> Dude, the uh, I'm so glad you brought it up because I've, I've I've brought it up so many times. I absolutely love backgrounds. It's yeah, the, I, I say it on so many episodes. It's so it's something so spe like everybody loves the characters. And don't get me wrong, I love the characters. Yeah, yeah. I love every I love every aspect of the animation industry. But there's just something about world building that's just caught my fancy for the last few years since doing this podcast. Sure. It's just I don't know what it is. I love aerial shots i love um mm -hmm. city skylines i i just love 100%. when the standard plane like if we're looking at each other right now i don't know how to use some of you guys' terms so i'm very dumb when it comes to this so <laughs> ladies and gentlemen you can piece this one together but us sitting here staring and then you are talking to each other not really staring at each other and then the camera view would just break and go somewhere i, I just love being mm. on a journey you're following something you know you're at a different yeah, level yeah. or a different altitude you know and one thing and it's funny because my wife, like we've watched this movie so many times now because the two-year-old, he loves this one. <laughs> he he goes in and out of rotation. So, you know, he saw Nightmare Before Christmas for the first time. Um, wow. Shit, like last week, week before last. Mm. And that's all that's been playing. It was uh, <laughs> Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And, and it was in that in conjunction with Turtles. And then as soon as he saw A Nightmare Before Christmas, that's all mm. he's wanted to watch. Um, but uh one and my like I said, my wife hates this when I do this because every time we would watch Turtles, I would pause it at one specific scene. Yeah. Um, obviously, the 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 hallway or the fight sequence from the uh, the old boy fight sequence or the mm. homage. That's my my favorite scene in the entire movie. I that mm -hmm. that mixed with no diggity, I was like, holy shit, it blew my mind. Yeah. Away. However, one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie is when Bebop and Rocksteady are. are essentially introducing superfly and they're coming out of the car and you were talking about uh, you know, the lights yeah. the way the lights would go and then it was it just was that upshot and then you see all the music symbols coming out of the boom box and it's just yeah. a slight wiggle of bebop and then he's got nips yeah. and he's got uh his nips <laughs> pierced and i'm like yeah dude this is so great and it's just something that i don't know why yeah. i just connected with it I'm not into like warthogs and nipple rings, but it's just like the I whole now, like lead up. <laughs> <laughs> the whole lead up to it. It was like it was them setting yeah. the table for what was gonna happen. It was them entering or building that yeah. world, building that suspense, and then Superfly walks out. And then everything to his cadence, like I'm doing it now, I'm bouncing like Superfly was when he was walking out of the car. So it's yeah, yeah. it's just like everybody had their own music, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Like everybody moved different. Everybody felt different. Everybody, everything felt the same yet different in mm. such a beautiful way. And I don't really know how to word that, like, you know, properly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was just, like I said, it was the mu movie was music and the music was movie, if that makes any kind of yeah, sense. Yeah, Probably sounds sure. douchey, but. No, no, I totally get it. Uh, coming from a music background, I talk about animation so much, like with music, and I'll make sounds and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, my biggest one with the production art, I think, was the like working on it, like seeing, um, you know, you so slowly start to see, oh, someone did some lighting, someone yeah. did some rendering. Let's take a look. I love watching that stuff, and I think it can also make um help you make a lot of creative decisions on your animation if you know how it's lit, right? Um, so I was watching the car, one of the car chase sequences. And the car, you know, has like flash, like the headlights or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was literally like scribbles. And I was yeah. like, it's just genius. Like, it's just something that supposedly no one would pay attention to. Like, who cares? But I'm like, mm -hmm. the fact that they didn't just like, okay, I'm going to emit light and it's done. Like, they literally are like drawing it 
same for like the smoke it just looks like a child like yes. with, like these crayons but it like works so well and you know i just i don't know i loved it um like i i was just like so excited about it and like you know especially with the like mutant character designs like i remember you know when the trailer came out or like when images came out i saw some people's reactions to some of the characters they're like oh that's that's a lot or whatever right and i'm like but isn't that fun as well like to do something yes. that, that people react to right like it doesn't have to be what most people would consider beautiful right it just has mm -hmm. to have like character and to evoke a sense of like feeling and i don't know i just thought the character designs were just so perfect for like oh they were the, the the their movements and then obviously the voice actors that were picked like i don't know it was just like so well done in that sense so i was excited and it's 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 challenging working on these characters like i remember i had some time and we were about to launch a big sequence and my soup was like maybe you should make some like cycles of some of these mutants when they're just standing and listening right because that's something that they're going to do in a lot of these times and it'll help save time for the team and I was like, okay, how does Bebop stand and listen? Does he, like, look around more or less? Does he, like, snort? Does he breathe heavily? Does he breathe slowly? And then I did one with Scumbug, and I just added all these, like, <laughs> twitches to her. I don't know if you know Scumbug is a yeah. her to her, um, you know, like, the different things and stuff like that. So, you know, that, to me, is where you get to hopefully give that feeling to the audience where, like, everyone moves differently, right? Like, everyone mm -hmm. feels different. Like, they're all grounded in the same reality but they're reacting to things differently and they're moving differently. That's essentially character, right? Um, there was a great uh, example. I remember an acting teacher taught me this with uh, Tangled, where there's like a scene where like um, uh, Maximus and Flynn Rider are standing and then there's like a bunch of water that's about to both hit them, like to almost like full on wave. And Flynn goes like this, but Maximus goes like this, yeah. right? Because he's like, I'm Maximus, right? <laughs> and it's like, there you go. There's a character building moment, right? Like, how does each character react to the situation differently? So it was like, hmm, how does a nipple-pierced warthog react to this versus a uh, <laughs> scumbug? Which I don't know exactly how to describe her. Um, so, yeah. And then obviously with the turtles as well, we were always like, I remember Jeff would be like, yeah, Donnie wouldn't react this way to that. That doesn't make sense, right? So we were like, okay, what do you think Donnie should do? And Jeff would get up and he's like, oh, I think he should kind of do like this or like this, or, you know, like, so yeah, that's, that's the best, you know, when you're working with people who want to find that thing mm -hmm. that makes the character unique in every moment. Like that's the most fun part of, you know, of the process, I think. I, I can imagine, man. And uh, like I said, it was, it was, I had, uh, I don't know if you worked with them, Dave Bleish, Bleish. You, you you know that name? Uh no, is he the script the color script guy? Uh yeah, he was the guy I had on a few weeks back. Uh or a, I, I saw that the interview. I didn't know him, no, but his art yeah, was talked... amazing. <laughs> oh dude, he blew me away with um with across the Spider-Verse. Um mm -hmm. just that whole Gwen world. Oh man, so beautiful. Talk like about colors, right? Like I, I feel yeah. like I have to watch the movie a couple more times because I was just looking at the at the at the colors in the background. Like it was I'm so afraid to watch it again. It broke me for fucking weeks. I was just like <laughs> I yeah. I didn't know how to like I told him I was like I, I didn't know how to explain it. I was like it broke my brain in the best possible way. It's just like <laughs> I'm looking at this and it's just like dude, you can't explain this to anybody. Like this is a hundred percent like you could cut off all the sound that's happening with the exception of the music like you could probably leave the music but even then you could go silent cartoon 
and you could feel everything from how the mm-hmm. backgrounds were meshing and spinning with the characters and how the characters were interacting with the characters. And it was just all this inner conflict. And I'm watching this and I'm like, dude, this, this is one of those movies that's so fucking intelligent. It is so mm-hmm. brilliant. And then you watch this and you're like, I'm too dumb to watch this. I, I should not <laughs> be able to appreciate this at the level it is, but I'm like, they made this so intricate and delicate and difficult all in the same vein i'm just sitting here's like i feel bad and i told dave i was like i feel bad for whoever has to do the to wrap this movie up this trilogy that they're gonna have to do because mm, i didn't yeah, think you I guys heard, would yeah. come close to the first one mm. they blew the first one the first one's perfect this one's perfect you know squared or affinity whatever you want to call it <laughs> like i don't know what they're gonna do for the third one I, like most people don't know um but it's just yeah. like god damn i don't envy any one of them for what they're about to go through as far as that movie mm. goes yeah yeah i can imagine for sure you know it's uh i i felt like we should have a museum with these frames (laughs) in it you know like that was my feeling with that especially with some of the sequences i really thought the bold decision to like have a background change within a shot like you cut between one character and another and you're like wait the background's different you know like it was i i just never seen anything like that before i was just like well what so you know what it really, reminded really me of? You know what mm. it reminded me of? Did you ever watch the Watchmen or see or read the Watchmen no, comics? I have not. Oh, dude. Um, you gotta whenever you get the time. This is Alan mm. Moore, one of the greatest comic book writers of all time. The Watchmen. You could watch the movie. A lot of people shit on the movie. Um, Zack Snyder did the movie. Um, they're like, oh my god, it was shot for shot, or you didn't do enough. You go and you read the comic and you watch the movie. There are some things that are a little different, mm. but it's pretty pretty close to source material um you know and that's me saying that haven't haven't seen it for over a decade now so i hope i did just either way i I look dumb on all these interviews so it doesn't really matter (laughs) um but it is such a phenomenal movie and there's a character in there called rorschach and he has a mask that he pulls over so imagine a white a white mask and then Rorschach, the 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 Rorschach testing they would do with all the ink blots and stuff Mm. so his mask is always moving and it's putting out these oh, different uh, designs sounds like so even, yeah so yeah exactly so pan, i wonder i never made that connection but oh. i wonder if that was rorschach or if, not so much rorschach but like a a homage yeah, yeah. or they got Maybe. inspired by rorschach it's possible um yeah. but all of these all of these uh things would just change panel by panel it wouldn't even be two panels right next to each other It'd be a completely different mask yeah. and i was thinking i'm like dude that's what the backgrounds reminded me of because you would jump shot to shot but even in some of the shots you would see the backgrounds yeah. twisting with the colors and stuff and i'm like dude did is this supposed to happen and did i eat too <laughs> many edibles before i went into watch yeah. this movie you know what i mean it was like i said it yeah, was yeah. just so beautiful um yeah. But that's given those guys enough credit. They've had more than enough credit for these last six <laughs> months. The turtles, man. The turtles, turtles, turtles. Um, watching this movie out there, uh, I know you said your uh, you said your partner was a heavy, heavy chrome uh, film critic. Excuse me. Uh, what did yeah. she think? Did she give you thumbs up, thumbs down? Thumbs yeah, definitely thumbs up. You? And I'm I'm thankful for her. You know, we have a very uh, open relationship in the sense that like. If she doesn't like something, I want her to tell me whether I've yeah. worked on it or not. You know, like I want to know mm-hmm. what she what she thinks. And that's how you uh, get better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's something I tell my students a lot and something I've been trying to do a lot lately is like when I'm working on something, obviously not NDA stuff, 
um, just something personal, I actually show it, I like to show it to people who aren't animators, who aren't in the mm -hmm. industry, because I feel like I get a much more authentic, like honest, like almost like impulsive reaction. Mm -hmm. And to them, when something doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. They're not like thinking, oh, well, he's going to do this later and maybe he'll add that. And, you know, oh, it'll be cool if this and this. They're just like, I don't get it. You know, you should do you should do this or like, yeah. oh, this character is in a prison. It doesn't look like a prison. I just don't get it. Right. Or like, oh, is it awake? Like, I can't tell it's awake. It doesn't make sense to me. Right. Like stuff like that. Um, so I really, really appreciate her for that kind of stuff. And also talking to just different people um, that know about that thing that you're animating. Um, so, for example, when I did that personal shot with like the character, like putting on makeup, I asked my partner to like film some reference and she was like, oh, I was like, oh, you should put the brush down and then answer the phone, you know, whatever. I was like directing her and she was like, but I would never put the brush down. And I was like, why not? And she's like, you don't put a makeup brush on the table because then you get it dirty. You don't want to put that on your face. I was like, oh my God, I didn't know. Right. And that's the same as when you're working on turtles, like go watch someone using nunchucks. So you know how to use it unless you're trying to make them look like they don't know how to use it, which is totally fine. Right. Um, so yeah, I found this guy who was like literally on YouTube, like explaining how to use each ninja turtle weapon mm -hmm. <laughs> like i was like perfect right i mean hopefully he's doing it right like i don't know um so yeah so she she really really enjoyed the film and she's kind of like you like on the way to the theater she's like this guy worked on it right like they, this guy was like <laughs> giving out comics and she's like yeah he worked on it and the guy was like really and i was like yeah i guess so right like from my point of view like worked on it is like well there's another thousand people that have worked on it it's not so special right um but um you should yeah, for sure lead with that. This is okay, guys. I worked <laughs> on it. No big deal. It's okay. I worked yeah, on yeah. the turtles. Front of the line privileges. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so we've all been, we've all definitely went down uh, YouTube rabbit holes that we didn't start out with, right? Um, and if there's one thing I love, I love martial art fails. I love uh, fake oh. martial art <laughs> videos. So how long did it take you when you were looking up this nunchuck guy to go down the <laughs> fail rabbit holes of seeing people yeah. whack themselves with nunchucks or just do fake yeah, martial arts? Yeah, there was arts? a little bit of that. Yeah, there was definitely <laughs> a little bit of that. And that's part of the fun, right? And it's especially fun if you get to do your own fails, like if you get to try your own stuff. Um, mm -hmm. My soup had a, had nunchucks at home and he was pretty good at using them. So he would show us some stuff, you know, when we were talking about like, how would he hold it? Would he hold it like this and like that and all that kind of stuff? Um, but no, I don't, I don't... Um, don't have too much experience with doing my own fails but yeah i've definitely seen uh seen a bunch of uh of funny stuff for sure but uh, like i said with the catalog i was like i kind of know what i'm gonna go look for <laughs> again the catalog was just more like a list of movies and stuff like that yeah. um and yeah i spent hours and hours and hours like just looking at like videos and writing it down and then also i really like the videos where they explain stuff you know like i was trying to find like a specific takedown and I ended up finding this person who just like explains takedowns. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, they even used the like actual, I don't know which language it is term for like each takedown and they explain how you do it and how it's different than the other ones and like stuff like that. Sometimes it's not useful if they're doing it slowly to explain. So the reference, mm -hmm. you got to like find something that's more, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I find it really, really interesting to like learn about the thing that you're going to do, right? Because that's, essentially what you walk away from is what you've learned on the project right so that's kind of um a really fun part of the process that i enjoy and uh yeah when you said you were looking at the catalog was there like one or two movies that you kept going back to that you might have just really been inspired by uh yeah for sure let me see 
Uh, what was the big one? <laughs> I have so many here. Uh, I really liked this one's a a, a one that I didn't see, find like years ago, and I looked from My Lucky Stars, right, um, with Jackie Chan and Samo Hung. Uh, that one was. I've never really, even really heard good. of this one. Yeah, it was really good. So I that's what I mentioned. Like I think this one was when he was working with Samo Hung, so it wasn't like just Jackie Chan. So they have mm. a bunch of fight scenes where they're fighting so many people, and it's just like incredible. Um, there's this other um. I'll mention that after. But what was the other film that I looked at a lot? Um, Police Story. Yeah, I can't remember if it was yeah, one or two because in this clip it had both. But it's the one in the playground scene. That mm -hmm. one was insane. And he also uses props, which Splinter, you know, the guards have all these like weapons and stuff. So that was pretty helpful. And then I was about to mention like there's this stunt group. I really like looking at stunt people as well. Uh, because again, sometimes they have a lot better like angles and like you can mm -hmm. actually see things it's not just like cutting for ages so there's this group that i knew from a long time ago called lbp stunts and um so i looked at them a lot and then also the people who did the stunt work for everything everywhere all at once um i used a lot of their stuff on uh, monkey king uh i forgot their names but i think they're brothers um they're really really good as well but yeah jackie chan that was kind of the the big ones um trying to think if there was something else no i think that was that was the main one like i said it was tons of videos so i even have some that are not uh jackie chan uh like from the raid have this other guy uh what was the one do you remember jackie chan fighting like a bunch of like um guards with like batons kind of like next to a train station <laughs> i don't remember um it could Man. be like police story i just don't remember it might be, it might be, um, shit, I don't think it was, uh, I, I keep getting, I keep getting, uh, oh, was it the one or shit? I know it was a Jet Li movie. <laughs> oh, it's Super Cop. It comes to my Super Cop. Super so Cop. Three Story 3, Super Cop. That one okay, was, I was one as well. The, the one that comes he to dodges mind. a lot there. He dodges a lot of stuff. So that was really, really useful. Um, when you're <laughs> doing these fight, this fight choreography for, for Jackie. What are you focused on the most? Are you do you focus on with the character first? Do you work or have fight choreographers come in and they tell you what they're seeing and that interprets your art? How does that whole scene oh, play out as far as breaking it down? Wow, I, I don't think I've ever had to reverse engineer. I remember the biggest question someone asked me at work when they saw me do my first pass blocking was like, Are you really violent? <laughs> because uh <laughs> You know, I like Splinter's like stabbing him in the face in that part. And that was like a big thing. And everyone just thought I was a really violent person. But no one's had to like, I think he also asked me like, how do you work on it? And I just said like, oh, I just do straight ahead, like from start to finish. Mm -hmm. um, but I think to me, I spent, I spent most of the time choreographing it with the reference and in my head okay. where I was like, okay, like I'm looking at a video, like obviously I've got the boards, right? But as I mentioned, sometimes the boards are doing stuff that your character might not be able to do. Or I think, you know, there's a better way to flow into something. So I asked the directors more, like, what's the important thing? And the two things they said was overlapping actions. Like, they want everything to feel like it's happening at the same time on top of each other. And they want a certain point where the guard hits the other guard. Right? So I was like, okay, that's the most important thing to them. Let's do that. So for me, I, like, I like try to find a reference of, like, okay, what's happening right now? And right now... Uh, Splinter is like blocking 
something and then doing a hit, mm -hmm. right? So I'm like, okay, I need to find reference for that. So I find reference for that. And if I can, and I think I can put it on Splinter's body with a guard, then I go with that, right? And then, okay, he needs to do like this judo roll back, find reference for that, right? So on and so forth. Um, so I think I'm very focused on like the actions and how to flow them together. And then the connecting them is the hardest part, right? Especially because you can't always find reference that's like from the same angle, right? Like, I mean, usually it's not from the same angle. So you're kind of having to interpret things based on like stuff you've learned just from animation, like just from body mechanics, just from like your practicing of moving things around all the time. Um, so like there was the, the, the hardest part was probably the, you know, he has to dodge stuff and then have the guards hit each other. So I had the Jackie Chan reference, which was like only chest up. So I have no idea what his feet are doing. And I've got a bunch of people with like batons, like hitting him and he's dodging this way, he's dodging this way. The camera's also behind Jackie. So, I mean, it's, it's not a great reference, you know, in terms of that, but to me, it's like, it's about the choreography. Like it's about like what's happening, not how it's happening. Right. So to me, it's like, okay, this guard hits first character dodges this character hits next character dodges how they're going to dodge or how he hits is going to change because of my character's design right um and then when you're connecting between two different reference videos then it's like okay i'm gonna you know he's gonna hit like this and the other mm -hmm. reference i'm gonna find a moment hopefully where it starts like this but maybe it starts with the other hand so then i have to in my mind like flip it right so there's that as well um so yeah, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I could explain very well how I reverse engineer it because a lot of times while I'm doing it, I'm so focused. Like I don't even listen to music mm -hmm. that I'll look at something after and I'll be like, I have no idea how I did that. Like sometimes I know it sounds like a bit like artistically, like whatever. And I oh, actually no. view my job much more technically than most people. Like I'm very like, this is my job and I have to fix this and I have to do this like almost like an electrician or a doctor or a mathematician, you know? Um, but, uh, I was taught to always use reference. Like that's how I was taught animation, but how do you learn after how to do something that you can't find reference for? Right. And, um, I don't know, like, I think it's a combination of like a lot of different things that I've learned, but yeah, like sometimes it just like, I don't know if I can explain why my brain is able to connect those things. And I'll be honest, I don't even think my brain is connecting. I think my brain is reacting to what I'm seeing and I'm like, I'm going to try it. And if it works, then I'll do it. And I actually, on a tangent, went to a really cool lecture from this animator who's a stop motion animator. And the conversation was all about reference in stop motion animation. So she worked at Leica for many years where they, they call them labs, which is live action video reference, I think. And at Leica, they had a very strict rule, at least when she was there, of like, you have to shoot reference. And until it's not approved, you're not animating. And then you mm -hmm. follow your reference super strictly. And that's what she did. And that was great. But after a while, she felt like, I don't want to do that. I want to do other things where I'm like not filming just from reference. She also just hates filming reference, right? <laughs> so she showed some stuff she worked on from Anomalisa. Have you seen that movie? I don't think so. It's a stop motion film. And the characters are very realistic looking. Um, and she was uh, animating this section between a woman and a man. They're kind of like on a date. And the, the woman is a bit uncomfortable and a bit awkward. Like that's just her personality. And they're talking, whatever. And she didn't film any reference for this. And she said suddenly, like, the character spoke to her, you know, not, mm -hmm. not in like, you know, like she heard the whispers, but it's just like, she suddenly noticed where the characters were and she empathized with her. And she said, well, 
what's something that I do very often in this situation? She just noticed like where the character's hands were. And I mean, she mm -hmm. put their hands there, right? It's a stop motion puppet. And she suddenly did this, you know, when you're wearing like a long sleeve t-shirt and you like kind of tuck yeah. your hands in your sleeves. And she just kind of did that. And I, I got like goosebumps from that story because I was like, that's such a unique like acting choice and so relatable, right? Because we know people mm -hmm. who do that, but yet it's so hard to think of those things, right? Like you turn a camera on and you tell someone to like, act naturally and have a conversation they're not gonna do right like it's yeah. just like and even if they do you might not even notice it right so it's very hard to think of those things but she claims that like when I'm seeing it and I'm animating it and I'm touching it the characters react to what I'm doing and I get these ideas right and then you just try them right like so much of it is trying <laughs> like beyond like looking at all these references and stuff like I think I sent just for the reference, I had like eight different versions of the reference with like different types or whatever. Um, and I think I was just very lucky. Right? I sent in my blocking uh, and Jeff was like, fuck yeah, it's awesome. Like it was, it was like very, very quick. Like he had two small notes and that was it. And the shot was like approved. Um, but it doesn't always work that way. Right. Like a lot of times you have like a lot of, and there was still like a lot of work to do on it, but yeah, I don't know. This shot was like kind of like what you said. Like I was like, I've never done anything this complicated. I mean, the Super Pets one was was similar in the sense of like, you know, a lot of characters fighting one other one, but um, there was a lot more distance between the characters. There wasn't mm -hmm. a lot of like physical interacting between them. Uh, that shot had its own challenges for sure. But um, yeah, with this one, like, what am I most focused on? Like, I don't know. And then obviously you're thinking about like, I have to fit this all in a certain amount of time. So like, even if you want to do this action, maybe you don't have time. Um, and then the camera, like there's just so much stuff, but I don't know. Does that answer your question? What am I focused it, on? Yeah, man, it, it does. Cause like I said, I love, I love hearing and seeing what you guys, um, focus on because obviously mm -hmm. you're, you guys, I'm just going to plug this in real quick. Obviously you guys are looking at the movie differently than we are because you're fucking mm -hmm. creating the world. You're creating these characters mm. You're trying to make sure they all mesh. So when we see it, we see a final project. We don't get to see, yeah. you know, mm. the thousand drawings you probably had to throw away before you got to that final shot, you know. So I, I love seeing how you guys work, what inspires you, what you guys. Mm -hmm. Hold on one second. Uh, one second. All right. And we're back. I know where you left off at, but I don't know where I left off on. Uh, but uh, oh, I, I do know where I was going to get to mm. when it comes to your entire sequence here with Spinlinner. And uh, I want you to pick two scenes in particular. But since we've been talking about your scene, um, is there one part in the entire scene that you worked on that sells it for you? That's like the price of admission for you. That was like your best or your favorite shot of the entire sequence you worked on? Ooh. Was there one moment in that sequence if that's a little bit easier or slash harder? Um, so you mean like from that sequence specifically that we're yeah. talking about, about like Splinter fighting the guards, what was my favorite mm -hmm. shot? Yeah, was there but like not, a moment? Yeah, like not mine, of course. <laughs> Which one did I really, really like? Um, yeah, you I have mean, to pick yours I... too. You have to pick yours no, too. No, That's I don't the, want to yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta pick a favorite <laughs> moment because you brought it up a couple times. So I don't want to say I'm assuming it's like that that nod to Jackie where you fought all those people and you see his chest expand and contract. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to say that was probably the one, but I know you mentioned it a couple times. But I would love to know oh, like is yeah, there like, one part of that. Oh, like one part of that shot, just the shot, which part is my yeah. my favorite that you worked on, uh, yeah. 
Oh, wow. Like just like as one action, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I think. I think it was. Um, yeah, that like stabbing to the face, probably like yeah. that was that was the one that like people really reacted to. And I was like, oh, I guess that like within within two seconds everyone is like oh that character because that's like the first time you see him fight so they were like Mm -hmm. people reacted to it i even saw someone on youtube react to it which was funny because i was looking to see like what are people's thoughts on this sequence right which is hard to find obviously and someone was like oh wow like that was you know that was a lot so and also like at work people (laughs) like asked me about that part so that one i guess Although, to be honest with you, I keep thinking that I should have changed something there. Like, I have a single frame in that shot that I can't stop thinking about that I'm like, oh, I should have done this instead, which is so silly. But I, I still think about it when I go to sleep. Um, then actually, What's the like, scene? Um, What's the a... scene? Oh, no, it's not. It's actually the stabbing of the face. Like, oh. I think I should have uh, uh, put one of the frames instead of on two frames on one. What do you mean? So, like... Uh, on a lot of the film, the frame rate is like kind of like with Spider Verse, where like a uh, drawing or a pose is held for two frames. Got you. I think I should have held, only held it for one frame. Why? Because it would have been uh, more impactful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would have been snappier. Yeah. Yeah, because there's something with the guard's arm where he's like, he gets hit by it and he like flattens, right? And instead of just like flattening it within two frames, I delayed one arm, and mm-hmm. then it goes down, so it feels too slow. So it's so a little bit more comedic, insane. and you want it to be more. You want it to be more like quick more and to impactful. the point. Yeah, got you, got you, got you. Yeah, it feels a bit soft. <laughs> um, Splinter yeah, wasn't actually, as hardcore as I needed it to be. <laughs> it's just like one frame. I actually was like, I put it in uh, uh, an editing program, and I took that one frame out to see if it felt much different. <laughs> I'm like, did you notice it in the theater? Yeah. No, because in the theater, I heard it with sound for the first time. Yeah. And the sound made it feel really impactful. Sound okay. design is like, yeah, so good. Thank you, sound. Whoever did the sound, thank you. Um, I can sleep a little bit better at night knowing that sound is yeah, coming yeah. out. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's hard to say of like a, another specific moment because like it's, it's just like a bunch of shots together. But um, one of my uh, buddies on the team did this shot uh, from the sequence where the four turtles are talking to Splinter and it's just a, the part where they're like leaving. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you know, obviously they've like convinced him that they can't stay for the pizza party. And there's this like awkward, like Splinter just wants them to stay and they obviously don't want to offend him. And it's like interesting because each character has a different feeling towards Splinter, right? Like obviously Leo is like, he's the leader. He like looks up to Splinter the most and he's kind of like the tattletale, right? And Raph is like with his anger, like everyone has their different things. And so my buddy, like he actually filmed reference of himself, like for each character of how they would run off screen, right? Like Raph would be like really, really running and then looking back and like saying, yeah, cool, man. See you later. And like Leo would obviously feel the worst. So he's like kind of lagging behind and Mikey's just kind of like super awkward, like just all this stuff. And even just seeing the reference, I just like laughed out loud. And his shot, I think just like turned out so good. It's also a hard shot to animate like, characters moving in a scene with a camera move while also acting and talking and especially when it's not just like a a walk that's uniform like they have to like turn around and there's step kind of like what you said like the environment is such a big part of this film um 
so that was probably like one of my favorite uh moments that that he did um you know that whole that whole shot i guess i don't know if it's like a specific moment he did this one thing with raf where raf goes like this i just thought it was like just so specific to how i would imagine mm-hmm. raf would do it like if i met him in person it sounds like he would do that um so there was probably that i think yeah that's the the two i guess that that's i really remember i remember people's reactions to it you know so yeah. like to me when people ask me like what's what's a good shot i'm like it's an approved shot right because mm-hmm. it's not about me it's not about whether i like the shots about whether the director so when i'm on zoom or whatever meeting we're using to show my shots to the directors i'm not looking at my shot i'm looking at the director's faces and that's how you get an honest reaction from someone about your work right if they're laughing if they're like disgusted if they're like crying i mean i've never made someone feel that much but uh you know yeah or if they just look yes. really confused and unhappy <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah yes yeah that's my one thing that i'm waiting to do for sure I'm pretty sure it's coming. Um, and since we're talking about that sequence, I love when Splinter is trying to give them a piece of the world up above, the world that they want to blend into. And then oh, the yeah. fact that you guys cut in replica cutouts of who I know it was Chris Pine. Oh, all the Chris's. Chris Evans. Yeah. Oh, my He's God. Like, that was hilarious. I remember Pine. at work. So, like, again, like when you're in maya right like the program we use sometimes we don't have textures so we just have these like blobs and we were like trying to figure out wait which chris and where is the chris supposed to be and it was so complicated to communicate because i was like this is uh cut out a this is cut out b cut out c and then we're like okay chris h is cut out a and he needs to be here like it was like just so yeah but um the people who animated that that was uh an artist from uh, montreal i forgot his name now damn it but uh the one where he's like, come sit down. Like it's look, it's Chris. Yeah. Like, it's it's Chris Pine. My eyebrows. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm the best Chris Pine. Look at my eyebrows. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just so adorable. Like I have to say, if we're talking like favorite in the whole film, my favorite is the sequence with the baby turtles. I, Turtle tots, huh? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then did you see the character designs? Like the little like pencil drawings that they did? About? I, di- like... I did my, my son and I'm actually oh pretty gosh. jealous. My youngest son, Cooper, he's two years old. Um, we were, I can't remember what store we were at, but we saw they have the turtle tots t-shirt and it's just oh. them running and jumping and bouncing. And I think it, I think it just says teenage mutant Ninja turtles or whatever it is behind it. Yeah. Um, but he saw it and he was like, Tur-, and I bought him two turtles today too. Like the, I love how like turtles are starting to come back and evoke. Cause you, you kind of had like 2012, it blows up. Everybody gets back into the turtles. Once yeah, it yeah. starts to kind of wind down and Michael Bay starts to come in, like a lot of people shit on those movies, but I, I can find some enjoyment with those movies. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I've gotten a little bit wiser as I've gotten older. It's like the, I'll always have what I love and what I grew up on. My favorite of the Ninja Turtles, you, you guys are this close to taking this movie as my number one Ninja Turtle movie or my number one Ninja Turtle, anything of all time. Um, yeah. If it wouldn't have been for the 90s live action, the first Ninja Turtle oh. live action movie, that in my opinion, I don't give a fuck what <laughs> anybody says. That is my favorite movie of all time. That is a perfect movie from the cinematography that was used. I don't know when the last time you watched this movie. Go back and watch that Probably first one. I got to watch it. Is it 1990? Dude, 1990, dude. It just hit its, what, 33 year anniversary for that yeah. movie. Um, 
this is where my I'm pretty sure this is where my love of backgrounds at least subconsciously started at mm. the opening of that when they're doing that whole monologue about the foot clan and all this shit going on and April O'Neil's narrating it and they have that upshot view of the city of New York and it's beautiful black it's like black pink and purple and blue it's like that dusk time my favorite mm. shots are in movies or in animation is that colors the purples the reds the pinks the blues and all that shit right before it yeah, gets yeah. dark and the sun sets um, it's that downshot view and it's like all of these kids are starting to steal, you know, all of this shit or that's, there's a shot in the movie that's like that, but it's the whole narration. It's the whole scene world building. Mm. I, I absolutely love that shot. But like I said, the movie is gritty. The movie is dark, especially for the nineties, even though it's mm. kind of look back on some scenes is very campy, you know, you encapsulate mm. the turtles in that movie. And like I said, just how they went through it and then, talking to so many people that worked on it and hearing the shit that the guys and gals had to go through to do that movie. I'm just like, mm. Holy. And that this podcast wouldn't exist if it wouldn't be for that movie. You know what I mean? So it's a, wow. it's a beautiful movie. It's definitely worth going back and rewatching. I burnt that VHS out two to three times on, on or on VHS. I burned it out two to three times. And that was the only mm -hmm. movie my mom would buy again, you know, at that time that I was hooked <laughs> on. Um, it was that one in dumb and dumber and she would not buy dumb and dumber again. It was the only the Ninja Turtle movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's worth the rewatch, yeah. man. Um, and the scene in there in particular you were just talking about was with a younger splinter and uh, uh, the, the turtle tots. Um, it's so fun. And one thing that I asked Andrew Justra about, and he was the mm. guy that was, I think he was the script coordinator. The script I had coordinator, him on. Yeah. yeah, I had him on and I was like, the haircut you guys gave young splinter was very, very interesting. And he was like, why was yeah. it interesting? And I, and I said, because if you go back and you look at some of Kevin Eastman, the co-creator of the Ninja Turtles, if you go back and look at some of his younger <laughs> photos of himself, he's got that uh, hairstyle that Splinter has. He's got that oh, Jerry Curl-esque mullet. So did he like, confirm did guys... if it was on purpose? Or Well, I, I asked him that, and it's, it's been a little bit since I've released it because I was waiting to get a bunch of you guys to have on so I could release like six to eight weeks of Turtles. And I think I'm at like four or five guys now that I've had wow. for the Turtles. So I'm going to release those probably starting I have to watch um, them all in now. the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun. We I definitely yeah. get really nerdy about the movies and, and Turtles in general um yeah, yeah. but uh i asked him that and i can't remember what he said i know he said it wasn't um uh, uh i don't think he said it was like a super conscious thing he's like it might have happened subconsciously mm. and i'm paraphrasing yeah, yeah. now and if i and i've gotten this wrong and i'm just making up this shit i apologize andrew it's been a long time <laughs> since i thought about it but I, I don't remember him going like yeah it was a conscious effort to to make it look yeah, like yeah. it was just one of those it happy was. or one of those crazy accidents, happy accidents maybe yeah happy accidents man um but yeah, I just thought that was really cool. And then just like I said, getting to see Eastman high and then layer it up on the top of the top of the buildings and shit like that, paying homage to the two creators. I just thought that was really cool and mm -hmm. you know, like a really, really, really nice little nod to those two guys that helped create my childhood yeah, yeah. and so many others' childhoods. Um sure. so we talked about the uh the your scenes and then some of your favorite scenes. Um when as we start to wind down man when you think about this this time that you spent on turtles man is there one word one phrase uh that comes to mind as far as your experience on turtles oh i don't know how to describe it in a word maybe you can help me find the word like my first one is like creativity but that's so boring it's just like that feeling that the people who are making the final call are just like yeah go for it you know like yeah. if you think it'll be good and we think it'll fit the story then go for it you know what trust. i mean like yeah trust, trust. oh yeah. i like that yeah yeah trust is a good one i guess so which is surprising like i didn't work on it for that long like as you mentioned like some people 
worked on it for years, right? Like animation, at least from my experience, sometimes it's like shorter because you're not on from beginning to end. You're kind of like in the middle. Um, but also I got brought onto the film later and all that stuff. So like to be able to get to the point where you can talk to the directors that way is amazing. Like I remember one of my, uh, not my first review, but like it was like an earlier review and uh, Kyler was there. And we were talking about a scene that I was like leading on. Like I didn't, I wasn't animating. It was my buddy uh, Chase did a great job. And uh, we were showing the shot with like Splinter with like all the nunchucks and whatever. And mm. at the end of the scene, um, Splinter like kind of just like hits him behind, you know, like hits him in the <laughs> in the crotch and then yeah. just kind of like, you know, just like looks forward and whatever. And then Kyler was like, oh, should he like look back? And I like instinctually, like without realizing, just yelled, no, he should totally not look back. It's way more badass for him to not it look is. at the person he hit because he's so... And I was like, after I said it, I was like, well, that's not how you usually talk to a director, right? And Kyler was like, yeah, you're right. Thank you so much for like being so like <laughs> specific and like and honest and like um, confident about it. That really helped me make that decision, right? And I remember talking about it with my soups after and they were like, no, I think you said it like respectfully, right? Like I wasn't like yelling and like whatever, but um, I think they made us feel like we could talk that way with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we could like goof around and like laugh. Like Jeff has an infectious laugh. Like when he laughs, it's just like you can't not laugh with him. You know, yeah. and when you get people who are like, they're not wearing that like mask of the like, I'm the director. They're just kind of like, I'm just One like, you, I want to make this the best that I can. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they'll still tell you if something's not working. Like they're super professional, of course. But um, it's uh. I don't always imagine that I'll be able to develop that relationship with the director. And sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, but you know, it's just different experience. So that, that word, you know, I, I like trust, I guess it sounds, uh, sounds pretty accurate. Yeah. So there's three references I'm going to give you. So the next time you have to, yeah. that question is asked, like, should we make him look back? You say no Four references. <laughs> Cause we're going to throw in splinter. You can yeah, say, yeah. <laughs> look at any Steph Curry game winning shot from the three point oh, range. He's no turning luck. around instantly because he knows it's oh, going okay. in. Look at Rafiki from Lion King where he hits the hyena and doesn't look oh, back yeah, with that yeah, fist yeah. and keeps walking. And I know I said I had four, but the weed is for sure kicking in and I forgot the fourth one. So we're just going to go with those three. <laughs> we're not going to fix this shit in post because the yeah, wheels yeah. are falling off, ladies and gentlemen. So those are the three <laughs> references that I would give anybody. Splinter, yeah, Steph yeah. Curry, and Rafiki. It's because he's King. so good at his job. He doesn't even mm -hmm. need to look. Kind of like how yeah, I'm he doesn't need validation. You cut onions, you don't even mm -hmm. look at the onion. Whereas if I'm cutting an onion and I don't look, I'm cutting my finger off. And I'm actually okay <laughs> at cooking, right? But anytime I've cut myself, it's because I wasn't looking. <laughs> How much pizza, yeah. speaking of cooking, how much pizza did you guys eat on set or when you guys were working? I got to imagine it was probably I worked from home, a little bit more. So there was no okay. on set, unfortunately, but uh, I'm a big fan of pizza. Um, what's your go to pizza? What's your go to, -to pizza? Yeah, what's your go to um, toppings? I'm just like a bunch of vegetables and pepperoni usually. That's yeah. one of my. So, like I said, as we, as we start to wind down, those two questions that I, I, I uh, pre-gamed you with, man, you got two books that you would recommend any fan of anim animation or anybody in animation should have on their shelves. What two books inspire you? Um, so for animation specifically, a big one was What Everybody is Saying, which mm -hmm. is a book written by Joe Navarro, who was a longtime FBI profiler, investigator, not sure the exact term. 
And my uh, first ever like animation teacher and animation mentor, Mike Amos, shout out to Mike Amos, uh, recommended it. Um, and it just talks about like psychology, like body language psychology, yeah. but in a very practical way, like where he actually describes events at work that have happened to him where he's like, you mm -hmm. know, that kind of stuff. So I found it really eye-opening for like when you are posing out your character to make decisions based on, you know, the situation and the character in the sense of how would their body act in this. And in the book, one of my favorite things was that he mentioned that he felt like the most truthful part of the human body was people's feet. Really? Because right? obviously our, fa our face, like we're trained our whole life to like lie, right? And when you think about it, the feet are usually the thing that are most concealed when you're thinking about it, right? So he talks about this story like at a poker table and whatever. But the classic thing is like, uh, feet pointing direction like is someone engaged and interested in your conversation or is someone pointing away kind of like I don't really want to talk to you that kind of thing so the book was was really cool and then the other one is uh, Force Life Drawing I mean all of the Force books by Mike Matezzi uh, for like he specifically talks about like anatomy life drawing but his posing is so geared towards animators because he talks about force and one mm -hmm. of the big things you'll hear animators is say animate forces not forms so you're thinking about the energy and how it's creating shapes within the body as opposed to oh it's a forearm it's a shoulder it's a finger you're thinking about the force within the body which is really cool yeah so i say those two books right on man and uh th that the first one you said um was that the same guy that they did that mindhunter show on the guy that started the fbi profiling program oh are you talking about uh tim roth lie to um, me oh no oh no i love lie to me no there's oh, a okay. show I dude, I watched oh, that one so much Hunters? before I deployed. I think I've heard Mind of it, but I've never on seen Netflix. It. Yeah. Oh, it, never seen it. Yeah, I I saw the first couple seasons. It was like the guy that would go and um he was I think he started out as like a, a hostage negotiator and he was trying to oh, get this guy to come off and then he would go okay. to prisons and interview ser the serial killers trying to figure out like if there is a commonality between all of them like trying to figure out their things so they can spot oh. a serial killer. So I didn't know if it was that I didn't know if it was that same guy oh, um, that you were talking about that came oh, sure. up with all of those, uh, all of those bodies. That's pretty cool, man. I I love shit like that. Just th mm. that lie to me thing where I was like, dude, I wonder if I can spot micro expressions like this yeah. guy. And I was like, I love I micro expressions. I was like, I don't know if this guy's lying to me or not. He seems, <laughs> he seems shady. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah so. for sure. Yeah, man. So that, that was a really cool show. All right, man. And uh, one of my favorite questions, because we get to hear about some people. I, st I, I used to do a Mount Rushmore, but I feel like a Mount Rushmore, you know, it, it'll change. Oh, okay. And your five that I, you're going to give me are probably going to change anyways. But I like this one because I get to bring in uh, an interesting stimulant. And I forgot to give you the, the third part to that that last question. You have oh, to no. pick the first topic of what you what you want to talk about with all these people at your dinner party. Oh, my so God. I, are they all yeah, at the dinner party together? And I have to pick oh, the, the topic that interests all of they them. They all showed up, and if you want bonus, okay. or extra I think credit I know points, what it is. I think I know what it is, but okay, okay. Are if you, you want extra credit points, are you ready? But if you if you want extra credit points, <laughs> which one is going to be fashionably late? So you get five people to your oh dinner party. <laughs> you get five people to your dinner okay. party, man. Of people that inspired you. Who are you bringing to your dinner party, and what are you cooking? Okay, Robin Williams. Oh man, greatest Ken actor Robinson. Mm -hmm. Eric Goldberg. Nice. And then because we talked about it so much, Keanu Reeves and Jackie Chan. <laughs> oh, dude, that's what are you making? Or what are you buying for food? Or what are you making for food? Uh tofu curry. Ooh, I like tofu curry. Um hot, mild. 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 Yeah. Right on. I don't know how spicy they like it. Yeah. 
Leopard shoes. Oh man. <laughs> you, you'll be able to tell by the way their feet are pointing how, how yeah how exactly much they like how it or they don't like they it. Like their curry. Um, and and what kind of conversation are you gonna have with all of these folks that you've invited to your table? Education. Oh, what a beautiful topic and something that is so, <laughs> so underutilized. Cheesy. But not at all. I man. mean, it's Ken so Robinson and Robin Williams for sure, they'll be great for education, right? Especially Ken Robinson. Um, but I I hope that Eric Keanu and Jackie would would chime in for sure. I mean, in Jackie's biography, he talks about his kids. Um, and uh, Keanu's like the nicest person in the world. Mm-hmm. And Eric Goldberg has worked in the animation industry for so long. Like he he must have a plethora of like things to talk about with just like education in general. Right. But uh, I feel like they could get it on that. So, like I said, this has been a real. I've been looking forward to this one. It took a little while to to make it happen and i'm glad we finally <laughs> got to sit down and talk man because this yeah, is a blast i always love talking turtles i always love talking to you guys um yeah. for the fans that might not know it man where if you're on social media where can they come and find you and say hey man i love this uh, the splinter sequence oh yeah uh, twitter instagram linkedin you can just like google my name or uh on twitter i think it's neve art or something but yeah more mm-hmm. than happy like if anyone wants to reach out and chat um about anything if you have any questions i also am happy to give like feedback for people on their work like i do that a lot i have a lot of different students and people that i'm you know mentoring at different times and stuff so if anyone if i can help with anything please so reach out you know beautiful man well like i said this has been a real blast i i, I love getting to talk to you guys and hear you guys' yeah. story i can't wait to have you back on and i hope i really hope you get to work on ninja turtles too because i know all of us can't wait for that one to happen yeah. well uh he's he's been neve i've been julian it's been the what's my head podcast and this is another piece of your childhood good night Good night. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Before we go, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with the podcast today. I truly appreciate every download and listen we get. If you're liking what we're doing, drop us a five-star rating, drop us a review, tell a friend, and I'll see you next week.